You're listening to The Other Side, a podcast designed to help people, regardless of their experience, figure out how to make that leap and thrive in the ever-changing and chaotic business world. I'm James Awana, a recent graduate who's trying to find his place in this crazy world. And I'm Renata Squario, a senior executive of 30 years, who's worked in some of Australia's largest organisations. And as my daughters grow up, I want this to be my legacy them and the next generation. The world of work is changing and I want to help them and you thrive on the other side. Hey listeners and welcome back to the Other Side podcast. James and I have come to the end of series one. This is the last episode in the series and today we'll be exploring the concept of asking for, giving and receiving feedback. One of the most important things that a person can do really and a really fitting way to finish this series on getting that dream job or getting any job actually, feedback is really one of the only mechanisms that you can reflect and continuously improve through the eyes of others. I think it's really important to say that feedback should be received in a cautionary way and we'll explore what I mean by that a little bit later. At the same time, when you're receiving feedback in particular, you should have an open mind and a learning mindset. In life, those that are curious, those that are open to learning, those that have a growth mindset and believe that strength and growth is is done through learning and development, those people thrive and do the best really. They win the marathons, they win the sprints and, you know, they win the race. But it does take guts to ask for feedback. It takes sometimes, a you know, a really, really kind of strong disposition to receive feedback and it also takes quite a bit of uh, character and skill to give feedback as well. And so we'll explore all of those three things through this episode. James, anything from you before I give a little bit of theory? No? Okay. All right. Well, you will remain quiet until it comes to example giving. I think we, we agreed that you were going to get um, heavily involved when and, and sort of talk about some examples. So we'll hear from you a little bit later. So first of all, let's start with asking for feedback. We've explored through this series all of the steps of trying to get a job from the written way of communication and selling yourself to verbal assessment centres. We've done mock interviews. We've done how to use your network. We've explored a lot of things together, listeners. And one of the most important things through the, the, the steps that you take in trying to get a job is this openness to seeking feedback. The reason why that's important is if you want to increase your chances of success, then it's important to really acknowledge where you've done well and where you could do better. I think asking for feedback requires guts, particularly when you don't know the person. So for example, if you're going through a recruitment process and you fall out of that recruitment process through whatever step it is, either right at the beginning or after an assessment centre or after some interviews, It does take guts to reach back to the recruiter and say, thanks so much for having me through the process. Can I please have some feedback? I'd really like to know what I did well 
and I'd really like to know what I could do better for next time. I think that in itself, you sort of, a lot of people take the mindset of, I don't want to disturb them. I don't want to bother them. They're so busy. I don't want to feel needy. I don't want them to think I'm needy, all of those things. But reality is you did the hard work to go through a process and you should seek that feedback. And the person who is recruiting should be ready to give you that feedback. I'm not going to say as a gift, but as a reward for the work that you put in to go through their process. Uh, and, you know, you can look at it lots of different ways, but I would look at it that way. If you want to get better, if you want to increase your chances of success, seek the feedback, try and get it. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised around how people do want to give feedback and do want you to do better, particularly if you've presented a really sort of diligent version of yourself through that process. They will feel compelled to want, one, to reward you and two, to help you to be successful the next time. So do ask for feedback, be curious, you know, be open to the learning around what you did well. And I ask you to please start there because most people will want to know what they didn't do well. Start with that positivity, start with what you did do well, because that's the space that you should do more of as you do more interviews and, and seek work. But also, equally, work out what you didn't do well, things that maybe could be polished, things that maybe didn't present quite right or you didn't represent the best version of yourself. You know, long story short, seek the feedback. The other part is giving and receiving feedback. And that is really difficult to do on both sides. From a giving feedback point of view, I say to, to my kids in particular all the time as they're rolling their eyes as I give them feedback, unsolicited sometimes, is that feedback is a gift. And I know that that's a bit of a cliche, but it's very, very true. When feedback is given from the heart, is given from me to you because I have your best interests and best intentions at heart, I want to see you develop yourself, I want to see you at your best, I'm likely to give you feedback with that frame of mind. And if that's the frame that I'm giving you feedback from, that's a gift because I've got your best intentions or your best interests in mind, not my own. Consequently, sometimes people give feedback through their own lens and, you know, they might be living out their failures or their successes through you. They might be trying to sort of project on you. Sometimes feedback isn't given in a really helpful way. It's not given from the heart and it is given in a judgy kind of way. As you get better at getting feedback, you will get better at knowing the person, where they're coming from and whether there's feedback that's been given to you that you can actually use and get better from. So I, I'm merely sort of pointing out that as you guys think about receiving feedback, also think about the way you give feedback. And I know that James is going to share some of his thinking on that uh, in a little while. The last thing I wanted to talk about was receiving feedback. And it's really, really hard. You know, it's hard to be open-minded, particularly when you're receiving feedback that might not be the complimentary type. It might be people giving you some opportunities for improvement, some things that maybe didn't go so well. Only thing I would urge you, and my experience myself, because I have been very defensive, particularly when I was younger and I really was, you know, very ambitious and I wanted to, you know, set the world on fire. Anytime anyone said anything negative to me, I'd get very defensive and I'd think, they don't know me, they don't understand me. Hey, and guess what? The, as I got older and the more I was listening, 
And by the way, the, pretty much the same feedback was given to me over and over again. The minute I started opening up my ears and actually listening to what was being said and actually taking that and making it into a positive to say, as an example, I am a very gregarious person and people would give me feedback along the way that I can overpower situations. I can be too energetic. I can be too opinionated. I can be too passionate and that overpowers others. When I was younger, I thought, well, what do they know? They're just jealous. They're not ambitious. They don't know me. And as I got older and realised, particularly as I started leading others and leading people who I had power over, because that's the reality, I was their leader and therefore had power over them, it became really obvious to me how important the subtlety is of not overpowering people. And as soon as I started listening to that feedback that I was getting, same feedback that I was getting in my 20s, I was getting in my 30s, and started to do something different, I became a better person. So I'm telling you from firsthand experience that the more open you are to feedback, particularly the feedback that you know is being given from someone who has your best interests in their mind and in their heart, you will become a better person. So don't wait till your 30s and 40s, learn from my mistakes and, you know, in your 20s, even in your late teens, I'm still working on my daughters to try and get them there, start listening to what people are saying and not be defensive, be open, be curious and have a learning mindset. I might pause there, James. I feel like I've been talking at the listeners a little bit, giving them some of the theory and some of the experience and and might hand over to you for, for some of your thoughts. Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, it was very uh, engaging to listen to that and very interesting to hear what it was like for you to to give and receive feedback. From my perspective, however, and I think this is quite a, a common problem, something that's a difficult challenge is for young people, it's tough to know or be confident in yourself that what you have to say is valuable, especially when surrounded by people, for instance, like yourself, with much more experience and knowledge compared to me. So I've always struggled with finding my voice amongst people who are superior to me, at least in my mind, either through rank or through their knowledge and skill. And I I have an example, for instance. So I used to work on an organizing committee in one of my previous jobs. And I was the youngest and most junior person on the committee. You know, there's directors, people that have been working for... 30, 40 years on there and, you know, very chatty, know what they're talking about. And even though I feel like I have something valuable to add, I second guess myself because I don't actually know whether it's has any value. So for me, it's been quite a, a journey understanding and I'm still at the start of it, understanding where I can can add value with my voice and and finding my voice in the first place so yeah for for young people at least in my experience it's it's tough to know when to speak up or to shut up and listen 
and to even how to give feedback. And James, you and I have talked a bit about this concept that when people your age enter the workforce, they're actually entering four generations of workers. There's Gen Zs, Gen Ys, Gen Xs and baby boomers and they're all in the workplace at the same time. And actually with more agile work practices and more collaborative work practices, quite often the teams are very flat in structure. So you might be a peer to someone who might be 50 years old and you have to learn to contribute and give feedback to things, problem solving, things that are happening, your observations, in amongst all of these older people who have had so much more experience than you. And it is so hard to find the confidence, to find the voice. So I think that's such a really great example and and a really heartfelt example from you, James, around the reality of the sorts of things that your generation would be grappling with. And and let me tell you, when your voices are heard, there's always great energy and great ideas. And remember, you're closer to the reality of what customers want, not just as close as the, you know, the older person. At the end of the day, we work together to try and get great outcomes for customers or people who want to buy our services. And your opinion is just as important and your feedback is just as important. Learning how to give that feedback and learning how to have your voice heard is an important skill to practice. But absolutely give your feedback because it's normally really, really powerful. I think it just comes with with confidence and practice as, as you alluded to there. So for, for listeners out there, I mean, I'm I'm still finding my way in in this particular part of of the oh, I don't want to use the word journey, but journey, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 really difficult to f- to find your voice, but you know it it comes with confidence and and backing yourself, and and knowing yourself intimately, which goes back to you know as far as episode two, so that's all all important to understanding yourself and and if you know that that's one of your strengths and I say back yourself and and that's how you learn it sort of links to another thing that I've you know been wondering or questions that I've had and it's 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 really tough to ask people for help and for that feedback and particularly with successful people you typically associate success with busyness so how do you interrupt someone's success to get feedback for you? You know, if you don't feel that you are important enough for them to give up their time. Now, obviously, we don't know that because you probably don't ask them. But that's the feeling that I get at least is, you know, I don't want to annoy this person. This person is successful and their time is valuable why why should I interrupt them or am I even important enough to, to ask them? So that's that that's a that's that's quite a big one for, for me and, and what I've been going through. I think f- f- from that point of view, James, I know that for me, when people ask me for feedback and heartfelt, like that you know, you always know when people are asking you just because they think that that's what you want them to ask that like they're almost ticking a box because if they don't ask for feedback then they don't seem like they're interested in their career development or that you might think that they're slack or whatever right so if it's asked in that way to be honest with you normally I'm pretty underwhelmed but if if someone is genuinely coming to me and and asking 
offer feedback so that they can improve. It's one of the greatest things that you can offer someone. And I always love getting asked. Doesn't matter how busy I am. And I know that my peers through throughout all the years that I've been working have said the same thing. When they have an opportunity to help someone else be better, they become better as well. And it's it, it really is, you know, it's, it's humbling to be asked and it's a great thing to be able to give back. It leads on to, to something else that is really, that I've really uh, struggled with recently um, as I've uh, developed and improved at my skills in trying to fish out a job. The big thing that I've struggled with is what do I do if I get conflicting feedback? And this is most evident in cover letters and CVs. Why do I say that? Well, because people have different ways of doing cover letters and CVs and people have different expectations for them. For instance, often... I believe business or finance cover letters have more dot points, whereas communication cover letters are more uh, paragraphs, uh, written in paragraph form. And that's not to say that either is more right than the other in any field. But often people will have a different way of doing it. And, And I sent... My so I sat down with a friend of mine and did my CV with him and redid it because it was terrible before. And he said that I needed to be more professional. That this is your career story and that's what it is. That's what it should be, and that's you should write professionally. Whereas I sent it off. Have that exact same. CV that I worked on with my friend, I, I sent it off to to someone else to, to look at it and to give feedback on. And they said, it's too professional. Maybe too professional is not the right word. It's impersonal. Rigid. Exactly. It's impersonal. And I didn't, they said, I didn't get a feel of who you are. And I didn't really like that. Granted, they said they were nitpicking. But that is a genuine concern that they might come across if they read my CV. And feedback, good feedback, right? Call it nitpicking or not. If they're telling you that, then something in them is thinking that. Exactly. So for me, you know, I've had I have these two conflicting pieces of feedback, and I feel none the wiser having got both of them, even though I have technically learnt more, developed more from it. I feel like. I'm back to square one that I was both right and wrong at the same time and it's tough. Look, it is, James, and I think it's it's a window into the fact that, you know, there's a saying, it's a bit of a cliche, but horses for courses. The reality is that people review things, hear things through their own frame of reference. You know, there will be those people in the finance or business world that want paragraphs, not bullet points. There will be those in the comms world that want bullet points, not paragraphs. It is such a personal thing, which is why it's so important to be open to learning and not to jump at every shadow. Hold your course. You know, do it as you like. You know, do it in a way that you feel represents you. Be the person you want to be. Have the values that are true to you. Don't be somebody else. Be yourself. 
Don't write a cover letter or a CV in somebody else's light. Do it in what you think is right. And then ask for feedback. And if you're getting the sort of feedback that's going, wow, this is really off, change it. But if you're getting the sort of feedback that it seems like those one percenters, just know that that one percent might not work for one person, but it might be perfect for another person. And that's why these things, it's a numbers game. I'm sorry to say you have to keep at it. It's a numbers game. And why it's really important to seek feedback from people you trust and again, going back to that concept of people who you know have your best interests in their mind, is you are likely to receive feedback from them, which is true, which is aligned to you because they know you well or whatever. And and it's okay to, to leave some feedback on the table. Say, thank you very much for that feedback. I really appreciate it. But if it really doesn't resonate with you, not like me, I was just not listening to it because I didn't really like what people were saying and actually it was true. But if you look at it in the cold heart day and you reflect and you take the defensiveness out and you still think that actually it's not you at all and they're not quite getting you, then leave it. Don't change it and see because the next person might love those things in you that the previous person might say actually didn't work for me. It's a numbers game. Keep at it. Resilience is really, really critical. You actually touched on another point that I've been that I've been grappling with, and it's who do I even look to ask for feedback? You know, there's such a a vast number of people I could potentially ask, but only a small number of people I should ask, and I I I struggle to find the right people or to know who could or could not be the right person to ask, and yeah, so how how do I actually go about finding the right person to ask for feedback? I think it's really important to, when you start, particularly when you're building your confidence, it's important to figure out the people who you trust, who you do think have your best interests, and also that know you well. I I actually once had had a a graduate work for me and he he became known as a serial coffee the cereal cafe latte guy because he would just go and choose random people and make coffee catch-ups with them and ask them for feedback and those people would come back to me because I was actually they were allocated we used to have like mentors allocated to graduates and they used to come back to me as their mentor and give me feedback that this young man who was really trying to like he was just trying to impress people and he was just trying to get ahead but that he was really not presenting the best version of himself because he wasn't he was sort of a bit like throwing paint at a wall and hoping something sticks you know it's really important to be targeted because you don't want to waste people's time right you mentioned it earlier in the episode you know you you sort of this consciousness you don't want to waste in, you know busy people important people's time it's not a waste of time when you're actually asking a person who knows you well and who can see that you genuinely want to get better and who want to, you want to develop So I would absolutely start there. Who should I ask? I should ask people that know me well and who I trust. Having said that, it is important to put yourself out there and ask for what's called 360-degree feedback. So don't just choose your best mates. Don't just choose the people who you know like you. Choose some people who you think might have a bit of a different perspective on you so that you can get a 360-degree view of yourself. In the workforce, what they normally ask you to do is to get feedback from your boss feedback from your peers and feedback from your team. Like if you're leading a team, those people that you lead get feedback from them. And 
sometimes sort of external stakeholders who, you know, you might not be in the same business as them, but you might have done business with them. So they've got a perspective on you as well. And by seeking out feedback from different types of people who might see different angles of you, you tend to get a 360-degree view of that. So I guess work towards that. Start with people you trust, but also expand and perhaps ask some people who you know might have a contrary view on you. Again, not people who might be jealous or might want to rip you down or might not have your best interests at heart. Still choose people who you think will give you really balanced feedback, but maybe not only the ones who you think will give you great feedback on you. And lastly, on on that topic, whilst I was very fortunate and blessed that we just sort of happened to form a mentor relationship, a lot of people out there aren't as lucky as I got. So what about a mentor? Are they worth it? How do you go about getting one? Sports players, teams have coaches, even especially the elite teams. They still have coaches to make them better. So from that analogy, I'd say mentors are worth it. But from your perspective, what, what, what do you think? Absolutely, they're worth it and they are hard to come by. I know that I speak to a lot of young people who are like, I don't even know where to start and so hard to find a mentor. I often recommend, and you're right, we're lucky to have found each other, James, and I do mentor some other young people, which I love doing. It gives me so much energy. If you are looking for someone, I would recommend that you look for someone again that has the time and approach the mentoring relationship with a win-win in mind. Make sure that you give back into that relationship as much as you get. This relationship, you and I, it's not one way, James. You challenge me all the time. We have really robust conversations. You bring a lot to this relationship and you've helped me become a better person. I know that might sound cliche and sort of a bit fluffy, but you have. Like we've explored things together where I have started to reflect on things and change some things that I'm doing in lots of different areas. So when you look for a mentor, make sure that you can give as much as you get. Don't be afraid. Be gutsy and ask. So if there is someone who you admire or someone who you think you could learn from, go up and ask them and say, I'd love to buy you a coffee. I'd love to hear your career story and I'd love your advice on some things that I'm grappling with. They might not be able to make a lot of time for you, but one session is better than no sessions. And if you spark up some interest in them, i.e. they want to spend more time with you, they will make the time. Absolutely. So back to the networking thing, if you know friends of your friends or friends of your parents or friends of your extended family that might be in an industry that you're interested in or you might observe them and you might think, wow, they're awesome, I really want to learn more from them, just ask them, what's the worst that could happen? They'll say, sorry, I can't. And then you can say, well, is is there ever going to be a good time because I'm happy to wait, you know, that sort of stuff. So I, I highly encourage mentorship and you know, be open-minded to it. And as I said, make sure it's two-way because if a mentor feels like, you know, it's take, 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 and you're not willing to give back and work hard to build that relationship, normally those relationships don't last very long. I actually thought, you know, when you use that coaching analogy, I I thought about, you know, I've been watching Nick Kyrgios recently and how much better, I know that he's still, you know, the enfant terrible and all that sort of stuff, but how much better he is with Leighton Hewitt in his corner. I don't know, whether Leighton's not his official coach, 
but how much better he is mentally and just as a person now that Leighton is in his corner and and I've really observed that and I've thought about that I think it's 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 very true in life you know you said even the most elite players have a coach and are open to learning don't think they're a fully formed person don't think they're the best they're always open to improvement 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 that what's that's what makes them a champion no different to mentoring no different to getting feedback Wow, what an awesome episode to finish this series with. Uh, but before we wrap up this episode, we still need to do our summaries. So here we go. If you want to increase your chances for success, it's important to acknowledge where you've done well and where you could improve. And it's up to you to reach out and ask for feedback so that you can better evaluate your interactions and improve for next time. Be open to feedback and the change that may come with it. It's natural to be defensive, but it's important to listen and learn from feedback given by people with your best interests at heart. However, understand that some people don't give helpful feedback and you should know when to accept feedback and when to ignore it. Be authentic and honest when giving feedback. As a young person, it's difficult to find your voice or your value, but understand that your opinion is important and will only serve you in the long run to find your voice. And be gutsy, and ask people you admire or respect out to coffee, and really listen to their story, and then you can ask for some advice about your career. Well, listeners, that wraps up this episode, and we'd just like to thank you so much for listening, and we hope you got a lot out of this episode, because I know I certainly did. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey and in this podcast series, and we'll hopefully catch you in the next one. Bye.